So I want you to get ready to receive. Anybody ready to receive the word today? All right. I'm going to talk to you from this thought forward 2021. And I want to talk to you about it over and over because we're going to move forward. Amen. We're going to move forward. You need to say that. We're going to move forward. Just that little statement. Tell the people to go forward. You ever read something in scripture and it just kind of explodes in your own heart? You ever been to that place in your life where you wondered, what in the world am I supposed to do? And then you just get a, a word. Just get a word. Go Go forward. You guys need to get this in your heart because we're, we're kind of stuck right now. And I felt it. I know at the beginning, I mean, we had really great momentum coming into the summer and going through the fall and people come into the house. Great online. I mean, let's hear for the techs and their good online work and doing all the constant work. When we didn't have anybody coming and at the very beginning when we thought we couldn't be here even though we probably could have at the beginning, you know, back in March and April, May, during those times, uh, we, these guys, you guys were so faithful, just kept showing up and the praise team and all of that. Uh, but we know right now that forward is the way to go. How many believe I'm telling you the truth right now? Forward is the way. Forward is the way. That struggle is it's just kind of real. I, it, uh, I had that, that, uh, Next decade birthday this past month, and uh, none of your business. And so, you know, and I was, amen, amen, okay, 60, and uh, celebrated the second anniversary of my 30th birthday. And so, but it was right after that, you know, it was like Monday that I realized that there had been some sickness, and Emery was ill, and uh, Drew contacted me, and he, Drew's back there, okay? That's right. He's alive. Look at him. He's right back there. His whole family's alive, all right? And Emery's alive and uh, got through it. But, but, you know, I had some, and, uh, you know, Steve, who's running our video, he, he had it, and, and, uh, but he's back there. He's alive, all right? He's alive. Hey, Steve's alive. His wife's uh, doing better and better. And anyway, I just had some of my team, you know, and it was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I'm going to need to... You know, I don't know if you know what it is to be this guy, all right? Uh, have you ever noticed how much longer my arms are, okay? Because I got people pulling me this way, people pulling me that way. And, and so I'm going to have to get all my jackets made over. Just, anyway, so uh, we were kind of on track, and I have this whiteboard in my office where we sit together and we plan and we write things down. We had Christmas all planned out. And I just, you know, I just felt like somebody walked in my office and kicked my board to the floor, you know. And uh, we had to send Mary and Joseph, tell them there's no room at Freedom Fellowship, and they had to leave. And we, uh, you know, did some things. It seemed like the wise thing to do, but the more I got through, the more I knew we got to get back to church, all right. And 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 doing that, you know, it and going through that with a lot of prayer and counsel. You just, you know, sometimes you just have to do stuff, you know, you just have to get on with it. And, and again, I've, I've told you we're safer than Walmart. Hallelujah. You say, why? We don't have as many people as Walmart has, okay, or Home Depot, so, uh, and, or Lowe's. Uh, so we're a good place to be. But, it, you know, it's kind of like going back because in, 
we, we did some things. We did the you know, online only for a while at the beginning of this thing. And then when we opened up, kind of was a soft opening. But we got kids ministry going. We got kids downstairs right now and upstairs. Uh, we got leaders that have come back to take care of children. Now, if you know me, one of the things you also know about me is I love football. I love me some American football, all right? All right? And I say American football because I got my Hispanic brothers who say, you guys don't use your foot enough in that game. But love football. And the other thing that I really love is watching college football. And I love me some Ohio State Buckeyes. I grew up watching the Buckeyes. And if you did not know this, whoop, 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 you did not know this, I'm telling you right now, Ohio State will be in the national championship game with Alabama. And I know Steve Ritchie and some of them are watching saying, Alabama, Alabama, rolled, whatever. And, uh, and I love you guys. I do. You know, respect, respect. But uh, what happened with this game was that Ohio State had not played as many games uh, through the season because of games being canceled. And then out of that, they, out of their win, they had a massive win over Northwestern for the Big Ten Championship. And then they were placed as number three of four for the championship series. They were number four till they won the Big Ten Championship, went to number three. Notre Dame was number four. And that's right, Alabama beat Notre Dame uh, pretty handily. But the coach of Clemson, uh, you know, I, I hope he knows Jesus and all that. But have you ever opened your mouth when you should have kept it shut? Has anybody ever done that before? Because he went, he went on live, you know, uh, saying Ohio State had no business being in the championship game. That they should at the very most been ranked number 11. And, uh, and he held on to that and spoke that. Now, here's what you have to understand uh, about that, okay? And one of the reasons I like college football is because it's young men who want to be seen and they really, really want to win. Now, sometimes that's difficult in pro football because it's really hard to motivate a millionaire. Okay, it's just hard. You know, yeah, I'm on this team, but I'll leave. You know, it's like no massive commitment sometimes. Now, I know I got some Steelers fans back there. I know. Uh, but I love college football. If you say something like that to a young man who's playing college football, they will use that as ammunition, as momentum. You know that? There's one, one of the things that I know, that if, if your heart changes, if your mind changes, other things will change because your mind changed. And, and for some of us, Sometimes we hear so many messages that say, you can't, you can't, you won't, you will never. And what we have to do is stop listening to that message as a message of causing you to stop and use that message to cause you to move forward. When the enemy speaks negative things to you, you need to take that and say, what? You're telling me I can't? Let me tell you what I will do. Let me. And that's what happened with the Buckeyes. They used that momentum and this team that was their only defeat last year became their object of victory. They spanked Clemson. Okay, I said that. I got that out of my system. Can I tell you that some of you need some momentum today? I'm talking to you online. Some of us need momentum. 
And you say, but I've heard so many messages that say I can't move forward. And I'm saying, I, you know, if you've got to do what you've got to do in order to, to, to be safe, I hear you. But at the same time, I need to tell you that there's no place in Scripture that I can find that we are accomplishing the things for the kingdom of God that we need to accomplish by just sitting still and being quiet. God is calling us to a place of forwardness, of place in front of us, not to step back, not to hide out. Come on, raise your voices. Somebody shout forward. Somebody shout it forward. So I'm going to tell you a couple of things. Take some notes at home. Give me an amen or something while I'm preaching, all right, because I'm emotional right now. I need a little bit of encouragement. I got, you got one amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Here's one of the first things you need to understand. Victory is in front of you. Say it out loud. Victory is in front of you. Get your ink pen, fill in your notes. Victory is where? Victory is in front of you. You know the story. The Jewish people were enslaved. They had been enslaved for 200 years. Moses was raised. Somebody thank God for raising up leaders like Moses. Anybody thank God for that? God had a plan for Moses before he was born. Pharaoh was killing, having all the Hebrew children killed as they were born. But Moses was saved. His family said, we're going to take our baby and protect it. They protected it. I don't know what she was wearing to hide her pregnancy. She just protected it. And then they took that baby and they hid him uh, in the bulrushes. They hid him. And then uh, his sister, Miriam, his older sister, would come out and feed him and take care of him. Moses then supernaturally was seen by Pharaoh's daughter. How many know this story? You know the story? And Pharaoh's daughter took him and raised him as her own. He became like a son to Pharaoh and was raised up, and then he realized who he was. I could preach there all day. How many know when you realize who you are, it will change your destiny? When I realize who I am, it changes my destiny. And so... You know, Pharaoh, eventually Moses is in the wilderness. He goes to the burning bush. God speaks to him and says, I want you to go back to Egypt where you have run from. I want, you to, I want you to go to Egypt and I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go, that they can come and worship me. Now, that was like code to all the Israelites because here's what they're saying. Uh, yeah, we're going to go worship you, but we ain't ever coming back. Once you have had a relationship with God, you're never going to want to go back. And so 10 plagues later, this obstinate, stubborn Pharaoh releases the Israelites. They find themselves leaving, celebrating. They have the riches of their taskmasters in their hand, and they find themselves at the Red Sea, and then they look behind them and see Pharaoh's army. Now, I don't know what they thought they were going to do. They were always going to have to cross the Red Sea. They always knew they were going to have to get across the Red Sea. It wasn't like they got there and thought, surprised, didn't know this river was here. But now they have the river in front of them. So they are stopped in their tracks and they have Pharaoh's army behind them. So now again, if you heard my context, then you know this. They didn't just stop at the Red Sea. They had been stopped for 200 years. 
They were supposed to be going to the promised land a long time ago. But they raised their families in bondage. And now, though they are out of the literal bondage, they're still in spiritual bondage. Preach, Pastor Rick. So, the majority of of Abraham's descendants now, those who were heirs to the covenant from the Lord, told to go to the land of milk and honey, they're now standing at the sea. Standing at the Red Sea. They have the armies behind them. Now, some of you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever been stuck from moving forward because of things that have happened in your past? Have you ever had your past story, the shame of your past, keep you from taking the next step? And the thoughts, I believe that this is a spiritual message for lots of you. Those of you who are watching online, I could never be a leader. I could never accomplish anything for the kingdom of God. I could never do that because of what has happened in my past. And you still identify yourself as a slave, even though you're not a slave. You're not a slave. You are being set free. You're already outside of the boundary, but you're still holding on to what the enemy has said. It's like it's a rut that's in your brain. So then when you come come up against an obstacle, you immediately revert to your past and start living saying, I can't go forward. That's exactly what the Israelites are dealing with in Exodus chapter 14 in verse 10. Pharaoh drew near. The people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them and they feared greatly. Say those two words. They feared greatly and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Start smarting off to your leaders. Okay, they'll do it. Believe me. They'll post you. They'll send it to you on Facebook or message you. Just bam. And uh, I'm, I'm not feeling sorry for myself. But listen, listen. Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us to die in the wilderness? You like that sarcasm? That's one thing if you're being a little sarcastic to be funny. But he said it's, it's, it's this. And you can hear this. Really, you brought us in the wilderness to die like we couldn't have died where we had comfortable places to live? We could have died in our comfortable slavery? Why did you bring us out here? Leave us alone so that we can go back and serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Did you hear that? And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which, which he will work out for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. And then he says, and you only have to be still. Now, I've read this lots of times, but I've never read it like I read it this week. So this is, this is new. I've told the story. I've talked about the Red Sea crossing over and over, but I haven't shared it from this position. Okay. Moses says, the Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be still. And then, after Moses says that, in verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Do do you hear this? First of all, there's a lot of crying going on. There's a whole lot of crying going on. And I'm, I'm not telling people to stop crying, but this was, they were crying out, in fear to the Lord. They were just crying out in fear. They feared greatly. Israel cried out to the Lord. Now, can I tell you something about fear? Look at me. I got to tell you this. Fear never moves God. God never says, I'm going to do something because you're so afraid. 
God doesn't. Have you ever seen that in the Bible? And the people were greatly afraid, and so God moved on their behalf. I don't see that. God says there has to be something that happens on the inside of you that you will speak out in order to see my hand move. There's something you have to do, something you have to say. Even when things are dark and difficult, you have to go ahead and believe in the Lord. Am I making sense to anybody? Even Moses sounds as if he's making this bold statement. He's making the statement, fear not, stand firm. Okay. See the salvation of the Lord. And then this is true. He had this understanding. These Egyptians that you're looking at, they're not even going to be here. The Lord will fight for you and you only have to be silent or be still. Why do you cry to me? Again, this word, this word cry out is a Hebrew word that means to shriek in fear. Somebody give me your best shriek in fear, like you're watching a movie. Yeah, that's it. That was good. I can get anybody to do that first service. All right. Ah! All right. Stop shrieking in fear. Now, look, what, look at this statement, though. I want you to see this clearly. The Lord will fight for you. You just have to be still. You just have to be silent. There are times when the Lord spoke to the winds and told them to be still. And sometimes he speaks to our heart and says, be still. But very seldom do we see him speak to us and say, what I want you to do is stop your advance. Don't see that. Can I get a yes from somebody? So, so yes, the Lord fights for us. But aren't we told to put on the armor of the Lord? Why are we supposed to put on the armor of the Lord if we're not going to use the armor of the Lord? And yes, the Lord will destroy the enemy in the sea, but you're going to have to go through the sea before the enemy is going to be destroyed. I mean, the promise is you're going to inherit the land, but you're going to have to possess it. And the promise is every place that you put your foot, that land will be yours. So if you're going to stand in the wilderness, that's all you're going to get. They weren't called to sit silently by. They were called to rise up. They were called to step forward, not to do nothing, not to be quiet. Come on, don't just be the quiet, silent, uh, still church because there is a time to be still. There's a time to, be, uh, to, to pray. But one version actually reads this verse 14 saying this way, why are you still praying? Tell the people to move forward. You say, well, God told me to pray. He says, pray without ceasing. Keep praying, but keep walking. Keep talking. Keep moving in the direction of the kingdom of God. Don't just sit there quietly. Get up off your backside and go to where I'm calling you. Somebody shout forward. Some people are lying in a grave right now. After Jesus rose from the grave. How is that that he rose from the dead and we're playing dead? And I know we love, I mean, the scripture, 2 Chronicles 7.14. This, this is it's an action scripture. I didn't even put it up. You should know 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. That's action. And pray, that's action. And seek my face, that's action. And turn from their wicked ways, that's repentance. 
and, and turn from their wicked ways. He says this, I will hear from heaven. I'll forgive your sin and I'll heal your land. He never said, if you guys would just sit there and do nothing, I'll no. So we've been doing this. I believe a lot of Christians have been doing this. And, and that's good. But he didn't say to do that and then just stop and just sit there. And the word I have for you is, is forward. Forward 2021. And, and we're, gonna, we're compassionate. Somebody say compassionate. The church, don't ever lose your compassion. Don't lose your compassion. People are in all kinds of different situations in their life. There, there are some people that are sick. I know a lot of people that have been sick and are quite well and doing incredibly well. I know that. I also know a load of people, more than that, of people who've never been sick. But what I'm saying to you, be compassionate. Whatever your opinion is, you don't have to keep putting your face in each other's hands and jumping all over each other. Or if you're on that other end of the spectrum where you believe that you need to stay in your home all the time. And I do know some people that have never left this house, their homes in the year. Okay. And, and I know you're saying, really, are there people like that? Yes. And I want to encourage them. I want them to know that, that, you know, I don't know what their situation is for some people. They might be incredibly vulnerable and they need to stay incredibly safe. At the same time, there's some people that are just caught in fear and I have compassion on you wherever you are. Anybody ever been afraid? Anybody ever been that way? Anybody felt like the messages were stop, hide, and you couldn't get beyond that? And you don't know everybody's story. You don't know where everybody comes from. There's some people that got a past that's not exactly like yours. So we have compassion for one another. But at the same time, I need all of those people to also have compassion to people who are saying, no, let's get up. Let's go. We need families to move forward. We need the church to move forward. We need evangelism to move forward. We need ministry to move forward. We need people to move forward spiritually. There are three vital actions of the church, three vital actions the scripture says, and we're never told to lay it down. One is evangelism, one is discipleship, and one is fellowship. Evangelism, discipleship, and fellowship. You say, well, you know, I got to stop that. No, you don't get to stop that. Even if your life is required of you. Anybody ever read that in the Bible? No matter what. Jesus said, people will hate you for my name. We have to continue evangelism. We have to continue discipleship. We have to continue to train people, teach people the word of God and fellowship. We have to continue to have fellowship, specifically at times like this, because we're beginning to understand this Red Sea crossing. All of you have had crossover moments. We've all been to a Red Sea moment. Moments where you have to decide whether you're going to stay where you are or move forward. I am responsible as a pastor for so many individuals and for the momentum that we will have or not have. I am responsible. I have to, like Moses, I have to look to the Lord as a senior leader, as, your, as an elder, as your preacher, as a, as a prophet. I am responsible to tell you the truth as I hear it from the Lord. But so are you. What you say, what you believe is causing the children, your neighbors, your Facebook followers to rise in faith or shrink in fear. Come on, somebody shout, rise up, rise up. 
And our inability to respond precisely to the Lord's direction is going to impact more than yourself. And God is speaking to the church right now. He's speaking to leaders. Look around. Would you just look around the room? Look around, all right? You know what you just saw in the room? You know what you saw? Leaders. You, know, you might not have been through that. It's so good, Sister Evans, to have you with us. We love you so dearly. Family calls her Grams because she's been through more than most anybody else in the room. Experience life in ways that you have never experienced life. Am I right? And she's been through some wars and she's been through some tough times in her life. And she walked into church this morning. All right? And worshiped the Lord with her hands raised, watching her children praise God and lead. That's leadership, my sister. That's why you're such royalty here. That's leadership, that's power, that's strength, that's fortitude. Can I get an amen from somebody? You know what I'm saying. I'm telling you, we cannot, we cannot look at one another and say we don't have strength, we don't have power, we don't have authority. Those are the words of the enemies. The future is going to be impacted by our ability or inability to move forward. Can I tell you, if God will correct Moses, he'll correct you. Stop overcomplicating this. God tells him in verse 15. He says, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Now, what I especially love is that Moses, being the great leader he he is, adjusted his leadership to the voice of the Lord. He adjusted his leadership to the voice of the Lord. Can I tell you as a leader what a struggle that can be? Because you hear a thousand other voices. And then you have to say, whose report am I going to receive? Jesus. Watch what Moses does. After he said, stand firm, then he hears from the Lord. The Lord says, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. And then in Exodus 14, 15, and 16, the Lord says, Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. Now, I want you to hear this. Tell the people of Israel to go forward. And then he says, lift up the staff. This is literally an order of things. And I want you to embrace this, all right? I want you to hear this, okay? And let me give you an example, okay? Here's the people of Israel standing in front of the Red Sea. The Egyptians are behind them. Now, one of the ways that I like to study is to, is to study the writings of, of rabbis, of people who have studied the Torah for years and years. And I'd like to go back and look at what they have to say. Now, this is a Jewish understanding of what took place. If anybody knows their history, they ought to know their history, right? So here is their history. This is what, they, this, is what this scripture says. In, in, in Hebrew, this is what it says. That the people are standing at the sea and Moses told them to move forward. And so they stepped into the water and it came up over their ankles. And then they stepped deeper into the water. I don't know if you can see me online right now, but... And then they stepped deeper into the water. Anybody ever been neck deep and wondered what was going to happen next? So the children of Israel holding their kids, their carts are in the water. 
They're in the water. And it's when they are in the water that Moses takes the staff and stretches it out over the water. And then the waters part. You say, well, how, how are they? What's, what's happening with them? God supernaturally brought a giant blow dryer down, dried all of them off, pushed all of the water to either side, and they crossed through on dry ground. I said they stepped into the water. Did you hear what I'm saying? They stepped into the water. Now listen, forward is the act of walking through your fear. Mm, that's rich, isn't it? Forward, forward is, the, is walking through your fear. Walking through your fear. Anybody ever struggled with anxiety before? Anybody? Anybody ever struggled with anxiety? Some of you might have a general anxiety disorder. Some, from what I know, people are suffering from more anxiety today than they ever have. I know of people that are shut down. I know of people that don't want to live today. I have spoken to them because they are shut down. Shut up. Do you hear me? Anxiety is a thief. Am I preaching to anybody? Anxiety will cause you not to do what you need to do because you are afraid of what happened if you do it. Anxiety will tell you you can't get on an airplane because airplanes crash. Well, the odds are that you'll have a crash in your car on the way home. Those odds are much greater that you'll crash. I mean, the odds... I mean, I mean, if you just look at the odds specifically... Anxiety doesn't care what the odds say. Anxiety doesn't care about the stats. Doesn't want you to look at the statistics. Anxiety only wants you to repeat the words that the spirit of death spoke into your head that you will not stop repeating. He says you will live and not die. Somebody shout yes. Would you do that? The best way to overcome your phobia is to walk into it. Walk into it. Walk into your struggle. Walk into that room. Walk into that situation. Talk to that individual. Don't let anxiety control another day of your life. Literally, the Jewish people had this understanding that they walked right into it. Listen to me. Listen. I know it's difficult. I know it's frightening, but I'm just not good at retreating. It's like that coach of Clemson. Saying, you're not even worth being in the championship. You're not even worth God's time. God doesn't even know where you are. Now, I'll show you who I am in the Lord Jesus. I'm going to step into the water. Come on. Miracles have always been on the other side of obedience. Miracles have always been on the other side of obedience. It's not like God said, well, you disobeyed. I'm going to do something supernatural in your life right now. No. Miracles on the backside of obedience. Daniel refused to stop praying to his God. In fact, he lifted up his window and prayed in the direction of Jerusalem and ended up in a lion's den. But 
There was an angel in the lion's den with him and shut the mouths of the lions. Daniel never looked at the king and said, oh, please, I'll be good. I'll do what you say. Just don't put me in the lion. No, he insisted on obeying the Lord his God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, of course, you might say, you know, that, that's just a weird story. No, they refused to bow to an idol. They refused to bow to a false god. Were cast into a furnace of fire. And the king looked in and said, wait, wait. I put in three, but there's a fourth man in the fire. The miracle happened because of radical obedience. The early apostles, the the early church, they knew that there would be beatings. They knew that some of them would even die because of their faith. They knew that they could not stop speaking the gospel. Even when they were threatened with their life in Acts 4 and 18, we see this first event with Peter and John where after they had preached the gospel and so many had come and then there was someone that was healed. And they didn't know what to do to stop this thing. So they looked at them and they said, okay, we're going to let you go. But we need you to promise that you will never speak or preach in the name of Jesus again. And they simply answered, you know, whether this is right in the sight of God to listen to you, rather to God, you you can judge. Whatever you think we're supposed to, you judge yourself. But we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. We're here to proclaim the gospel. We're here to tell people about Jesus. That's our purpose. And Hebrews talks about people being tortured and people who went through all kinds of difficulty, chains and imprisoned, stoned and, and sawn asunder. They were killed with a sword, but they would not stop. They would not quit no matter what the threat is. Jesus, I know you might feel like you're up to your neck right now. But when you're up to your neck in obedience to God, that's when you see the waters part. Step into the water. Shout it. Step into the water and see what the Lord will do. Let me just let me be really practical for a moment and for forward 2021. Matthew 28, 19 is the Great Commission. Here's something. The Lord never sent a word and said, okay, you guys can stop this. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and I will be with you always to the very end. Okay? If you are making disciples, if you're baptizing people in the name of Jesus, what is making a disciple? It's everything that we do at Freedom. So, I'm I'm being discipled. No. How many know that our children desperately need the gospel of Jesus? Do you believe they desperately need the gospel of Jesus? I think I've told you this before. One of the things that's happening right now is there is a system where your children, without your permission, are free to call in on a phone line and discuss with a perfect stranger what their sexual identity is. Without your permission as a parent. That they're now... It's, it's already happening. All right? And I, I heard that there, there, is, there is a request... In Congress right now, that when they gather together, they will eliminate all pronouns that are gender specific. That's, it hasn't happened yet, but that's been the request. I looked it up myself to make sure it was true. It is true. 
So that when they discuss, they will not use words. And it is actually in the explanation that they will not use the term mother or father or brother or sister. Look it up yourself. I read it. I'm shaking my head and saying, what? I thought I was born in the United States of America. I thought I, thought I could be a mom or a dad. No, I guess I can be a mom or a dad now. But I, mean, I thought we were mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters. I thought that's who we were. Am I shaking you up just a little bit? All right, what, what should we do? What should we do? Well, we should be quiet and just let everything happen. I think we need to open up our mouths and we need to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus. But what if we do and somebody gets upset? Jesus, that was a promise. If you preach the gospel, there will be people who will not like what you have to say. If you preach the truth, if you stand firm in the word of God, there will be people. And now when you tell people things that will save them, redeem them, and heal them, they will call you a hater. It doesn't matter what they call you. You are a born-again child of the Most High God. God's raising us up. And while we're stirring these things up, we're, we're being separated for who we really are, who we are not. We're, it's being identified. Your, your family heritage is being identified. Whether you're a child of God or a child of Satan is being... Am I preaching too heavy right now? I mean... I mean, everything we do at Freedom is to make sure that our children know about Jesus. And right now, your children better know about Jesus. Do you hear me? Your kids better know about Jesus. And you might say, well, you know, I'm going to let... Listen, listen. We need people who will teach our children the truth. Come on. And who will stand in the truth. We need more leaders, too. I need some more Moses. You got me? Anybody with me? I need more leaders. You, you, let me introduce you to the leaders in the room. Just look around the room. Look around the room. There they are. They're all over the place. Just waiting to rise up. Just waiting to. And you might say, well, I can't. I'm not asking you to up here and preach every Sunday. That's not what I'm asking. I need people to rise up in leadership. I need you to rise up. I need you to become what God has called you to be. So we'll be doing a leadership, a leadership summit. I began to rewrite the board. We're going to do leadership. God has been talking to me about a leadership summit soon so that we can raise up more leaders to do more for the kingdom of God than we've ever had. We can't have two or three. We need two or three hundred leaders is what we need. We need people who will be men and women of God and not be ashamed. I talked to you last year about growth track, but we weren't able to go uh, through with it. But we're going through growth track this year. We're going to find Jesus and we're going to find purpose. I don't want you just come in here and warm in these pretty blue chairs, okay? I want you to rise up and know your purpose in the kingdom of God. And when you stand before God one day, I want you to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, because you are a steward of the blessings that he's poured into your life. And I want marriage and family wholeness. 2018 was a year of marriage and family wholeness. We're raising it back up. I want every marriage whole. I want every child whole. I want kids to know where their mamas and their daddies are. I want there to be prayer in your homes. I want marriage and family wholeness that the enemy is going to be upset about. I want to see people come back together who are utterly broken. I'm going to reach high now. Now, that's within the next three months. I also want this year to see 1,000 people come to Christ. That's minimal. I think we should do 3,000. 
whether they're in this building or not. Somebody shout, 3,000. I need some people who will get past their fear. I need some leaders this year who will step into the water up to their neck, even when they don't think they know what they're doing. I need some of you to discover your purpose. I, I've allowed too many of you to sit in seats when God has a plan for you. This pandemic has challenged me. I mentioned that to you. We were talking, Lauren's preaching to me the other day. I mean, no, that man will preach to you. I'm telling you, he's got... and. Uh, and some of these things we've talked about, but you know that moment in Scripture where Jesus looks at his disciples. Jesus has been sitting at a well talking to a Samaritan woman, and she has been set free. She's received living water. And then he looks over. His disciples finally show up because they've been at Kroger all day, and they got bags of groceries, toilet paper, all kinds of stuff, and looks at... Jesus said, Jesus, you need to eat. And Jesus said, I've got food to eat that you don't know anything about. Mm. Um, I'm telling you that as we move into 2021, because I want you to know how important fellowship really is. All right? You, it has been suggested that what we do here is not essential. You will not find anything at Kroger. And I love Kroger. Walmart, Food Line, I'll go to any of them. But hear what I'm saying. You will not find anything in that bread that will give you eternal life. You won't. What we're doing here matters. You need to receive the word. Family, you need to receive the word. You need to be able to embrace the powerful word of God. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. Listen, it's one thing to tell people that God is going to do something, but it's something entirely different to tell them you do something and watch what the Lord will do. Brothers, I do not consider it that, that I have made it on my own, but one thing I do. You want to read this with me? Forgetting that which lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You know that scripture, right? Let me wrap this up. Maybe. Yeah. So the Israelites come to the sea. And you hear the crisis. You hear their sarcasm. You hear the vacillation, the struggle, the overwhelming expectation that death is imminent. Church, we need to overcome the spirit of death. Amen. I want you to hear what I'm saying. We have to overcome the spirit of death. There's a spirit of death that's just settled on people. All right? I'm not, I'm not being less than compassionate here. I'm saying, fine, do those things. You know, there are mandates that have been given by the government. I hear that. But I want you to know, don't allow your mask to perpetuate a spirit of death. Listen, everyone is going to die. And after that, the judgment. Did you hear that? Everyone is going to die. But sometimes we're looking at this moment and we're saying, well, everybody's going to die. That is not what's going on. It's not. That's a spirit. That's a word that's been somehow whispered into our heads. Don't buy into it. I need a hallelujah right now. 
And this is spiritual warfare. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, 2 Corinthians 10 says. But they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And every argument, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. To take take every thought captive to obey Christ. Being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. We've got to walk through this. Jesus. Finish somehow. Got to close that so I can finish. Listen. In this time, in this season, I have seen so many people spiritually die. This church is going to rise. Can I get an amen? We're going to rise. I'm looking around the room and I see ministry happening. I see ministry taking place. I see discipleship happening. I see the people of God rising up. Some of you have had vision to do things for the kingdom of God in so long. Listen, before you are anything, you are a part of the kingdom of Almighty God. We are brothers and sisters. Before everything, we are a part of the kingdom of God. And he has called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. I want your home healed. Listen, I'm talking to some family right now. You're sitting there and you're wondering about the future and I'm saying go forward. Do you hear me? Say no, pastor. All signs say we need to, no. Go forward. Go forward. Start praying. Start seeking the Lord together. Go forward. Some of you are very lost. There are people, again, one of the reasons that people have a problem going forward is because of what's happened in their past. Perhaps you've lost business. Perhaps you've lost somebody, somebody who's been sick. Perhaps that's happened. But you can't keep looking behind you and expect to get to the place of promise. Go forward. Take some simple acts. For those of you who don't know Christ, I know some of you are just coming to the Lord. Repent. Receive the forgiveness of Christ. Receive your new birth. Take these bold steps. Give your life over completely to Jesus. Don't let anybody else own you. Let Christ own you. Declare him as Lord of your life. And then speak this. Speak this. Speak this. Speak this. In the name of Jesus. Death, take your hands off of me. And take your hands off of my family. I am free. And then, step forward. Can I get an amen? Step forward. Your family's going to be whole. Your heart's going to be whole. Your anxiety is going to be defeated. Say, but pastor, you don't know. I've lost my job. I lost my business. Go start a new business. Shift. I don't know what to do. Ask the Lord what to do. But we can't just sit And cry out for the rest of our lives. I believe Freedom Fellowship is about to do great things. Some of you have heard this word and said, Pastor Rick, what in the world are you saying today? Go talk to the Lord about it. Okay? Go talk to him about it. But I'm ready to see you move forward in your life. I'm ready to see victory in your life. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, do it right now. Just confess him as the Lord Jesus. Allow him to come into your life. Do that. Would you do that? Allow him to come into your life. Surrender yourself fully to him. Forgive those who've hurt you. Surrender your past to Jesus and see what he will do with your new life. 
God bless you. Have you received this word? Listen, I've got one more thing to do before the service is over. We're going to have some prayer time. I'm also going to have a baptism. But first of all, would you sing this song one more time with me? A little bit more of I'm moving forward. Come on, sing. Going back, moving ahead. Say to declare to you, my past is over in you. All things are made new. Surrender my life to Christ. I'm moving, moving forward. Let's sing this together. You make all things new. You make all things new. Yes, you make all things new. And I will follow you forward. You